Quick check of the COVID-19 dashboard. Chief Medical Officer Dr. John Lee reports 531 COVID-19 tests carried out since our last report on Tuesday. No positive test results in the batch. There have been 95,136 COVID-19 vaccinations given in the islands. 69% of the estimated population had at least one dose. Approximately 65% have completed the two-dose course. The Deputy Premier and Finance Minister, the Honorable Chris Saunders, outlined the pact government's priorities for the next three years as presented in the strategic policy statement for 2022 through 2024 in the House of Parliament this morning. This SPS will also guide the development of the detailed budget for the next budget period, which will cover the financial years 2022 and 2023. That budget, Mr. Speaker, will be brought to this Honorable Parliament in November of this year. Mr. Speaker, this SPS is the first one produced by this administration and it accords with both the principles of responsible financial management and the terms of the framework of fiscal responsibility, otherwise known as FFR, as set out in the Public Management and Finance Act. Mr. Saunders says the SPS reflects the pact government's goal of improved fiscal prudence while creating an environment for economic growth. This SPS does not contain any new fees or taxes levied on the public. Operating revenues are expected to increase over the forecast period, surpassing pre-COVID-19 levels. As the tourism sector begins to recover, other major sectors of the local economy are showing tremendous resilience and growth, led by the expansion of the construction sectors. The finance minister says the SPS has been crafted on strengthening our pillar industry of financial services, rebuilding and improving our tourism industry following the devastating impact of the COVID-19 pandemic, and diversifying our economy through new and developing industries over the next four years. In his presentation, he outlined nine key priorities and broad outcomes, ranging from education to social justice. The government's total operating revenue for the SPS forecast period 2022 to 2024 is just under $2.7 billion, which are broken down as follows. $868.7 million in 2022, $895.8 million in 2023, and $930 million in 2024. Mr. Speaker, the main drivers of these revenues are other companies' fees, $387.5 million, other import duty, $449 million, private fund fees, $152.5 million, partnership fees, $240.4 million, and mutual fund administration license fees, $150.5 million. Mr. Saunders also outlined operating expenditures. The SPS forecast period is to be just under $2.6 billion in operating expenditures, broken down as follows. $843.2 million in 2022, $861.5 million in 2023, and $864.8 million in 2024. Mr. Speaker, the modest increase in operating expenditures is due to government new initiatives for education, health, security, and social development, coupled with increases in health insurance premiums. The PAC government today also announced it was committed to $434 million in planned capital investments and capital injections. 
Premier the Honorable Wayne Panton also addressed Parliament today, highlighting the need to hit vaccination targets so that we can proceed with the phased reopening of the borders. He also touched on recent gun violence and the issue of hunger in one of our most vulnerable populations, our children. Many people may be shocked by the new reality that one of the issues we face is that of hungry children. And study after study has shown that hungry children are poor students. They have poor cognition and educational performance. They are more likely to repeat a grade, come to school late, or miss school altogether. We know for a fact we have children who come to our public schools who have missed meals. Mr. Panton says with education as a priority for his government, this is a subject that can't be overlooked. For some time, there was a policy of the education ministry that no child goes hungry. The time for talk is over, and now we are backing that policy with resources. The Premier also announced plans to reintroduce A-levels in public schools and expand the scholarship age limit for postgraduate degree programs. We'll have more on the SPS throughout the week here on Radio Cayman. We did hear from the Leader of the Opposition today. More on that tomorrow as our coverage continues of the strategic policy statement. Regional issues were featured this morning as the Speaker of the House addressed MPs during government's first legislative meeting. I make this statement because of the harsh reality facing some of our neighbors today. The unprecedented situation in our neighbor to the north, Cuba, is one which we must carefully observe, for we have strong, many strong familial links and connections there, and history has taught us that similar uprisings have had a direct and severe impact on our community here. The Honorable McKeever Bush asked the community to keep the people of Cuba in their prayers and to consider contributing to local drives for financial assistance. This morning I also wish to place on the record our profound shock and sadness at the assassination of a member of our CARICOM family, the President of Haiti, His Excellency Jovenel Moise, in an armed assault on his home during the early hours of Wednesday, the 7th of July, 2021, which also injured the First Lady, Her Excellency Martine Moise. MPs observed a moment of silence to mark his passing. On a more positive note, the Speaker also congratulated the Jamaican Prime Minister for his appointment to the United Kingdom Privy Council. The Office of the Ombudsman's annual report for 2020 was tabled in the Parliament today. Radio Cayman's Felicia Rankin-Sullins has some of the highlights. Honorable the Minister of Home Affairs. Mr. Speaker, on behalf of the select committee that oversees the Office of the Ombudsman, I beg to lay on the table the 2020 annual report from the Ombudsman's office. Cayman's Data Protection Act saw 87 data breaches reported in 2020, double those reported in 2019. In regards to freedom of information, the Ombudsman issued eight written decisions in 2020 regarding government records. Between September 2017 and December 2020, 
26 hearing decisions were issued versus the 54 hearing decisions issued by the Information Commissioner's Office between January 2009 and August 2017. Maladministration complaint numbers saw no change from previous years, but there was a significant increase in informal resolutions of complaints in 2020. The Ombudsman Office resolved 18 in comparison to the seven resolved in 2019. Complaints concerning police conduct made by members of the public rose from 33 recorded in 2019 to 52 last year. Though positive changes have been made, the Ombudsman calls for continuing need for the Royal Cayman Islands Police Service to treat people with respect. There were six whistleblower reports during 2020 compared with just two in 2019, though it was found people seem reluctant to make a protected disclosure when they learned that the Whistleblower Protection Act does not prevent them from being fired from their jobs. The Ombudsman Office intend to make recommendations to the Parliamentary Committee regarding this subject. For Radio K-Man News, I'm Felicia Rankin-Solins. For more information, visit ombudsman.ky or call 946-6283. Queries and complaints can be sent to info at ombudsman.ky. Young people between the ages of 14 and 17 are invited to take a deep dive into the world of journalism this summer as Minds Inspired hosts a journalism and media summer camp. The camp really has two main objectives. One is for the students to become more discerning consumers of media, to know the difference between entertainment, gossip, opinions, and analysis, for example, and to have an awareness of the work and standards that go into producing objective, trustworthy professional journalism. The second is to show them how the news industry works, and importantly, to let them participate and to see if that sparks an interest in journalism and media that could lead to a career in the field. That's Game Man Current editor Patrick Brendel there, one of a number of media houses participating in the camp along with Radio Cayman. Patrick says the first week of the camp includes talks from a variety of local journalists and tours of different news organizations. The camp is scheduled to take place in August. It is free, but the deadline for registration is coming up. It is July 16th. That is your latest local news from Radio Cayman's newsroom. I'm April Cummings.